Howdy, howdy, fucking partners. We're back. It's been a small hiatus. We've had some busy weeks, busy nights, and busier days, and that's only going to get worse. So we're doing our best to bring you the fast-paced action in the wrestling world as quick as possible. My name is Mitch. Joining me is my co-host, Jake. Jake, how's life? Busy. I, I love the intro and the fact that we earn the explicit tag like immediately. I was going to go even Let's rip off the fucking band-aid and go. What were we gonna say? That I was gonna go further with it. I've been working on my Shorzy impressions, but here, I'll <laughs> save that for another day. <laughs> There's always next week. Um, no, I'm doing good, man. Um, I feel like uh, I blinked, and I'm three months away from being a dad, and it feels weird. And there's a bunch of like getting stuff ready. Um, I'm probably recording from my permanent space now, which was like. Uh, so I had this thing whenever I had my first apartment and then my second apartment. Now we're in our house where I had a miscellaneous room or office quote unquote, where it's a bunch of my like comic and nerd shit just like piled up. And I haven't touched this room in like six years. It was kind of one of those things where it's just like, I just put it all in the room. I'll get to it one day. And now that we've got a kid on the way, I'm like, I need to get this organized because this is going to be like a sanctuary of peace. So I'm, I've got like the desk set up. I've got, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a whole ordeal, but baby room's almost done. We just have to get some furniture and then uh, really it's just like playing Tetris with our furniture, just like moving stuff around and in different parts of the house. And uh, I don't have anyone to help me because I'm not going to ask my incredibly pregnant wife to be like, hey, will you pick up the other end of this super heavy thing? um let's see i haven't really done much else we took a quick trip to go catch the new spielberg movie that was fun it's fucking wild that like disney has like 20 movies playing but spielberg can't get a screen near me fucking nuts dude um other than that i think everything's been good uh i don't want to get into the the bad personal stuff (laughs) it's probably not the best time for like lighthearted banter but uh no everything's going really good uh yeah i mean i all the stuff i want to talk about is all the wrestling stuff so we'll get to that how are you doing i'm good i've been uh things are busy and blowing up at work in in bad ways and in good ways so we're gonna see what happens there i was gonna say i saw i saw you got a 3d printer and you're already working on stuff I did get a 3D printer, and I've been playing nonstop with that. So you might, you're having a child. I've returned to being a child. Things are going well. Uh, when I was like eight years old or nine years old in the, the heart of the Attitude Era, um, I mean, I don't know what the website was called anymore. And it's deep in the GeoCities cachet of the way back. Right. Outside, but it was a dude who already was into like Hasbro Customs and all the Attitude Era guys. And I thought it was the coolest shit in the world. But being from Canada in 1998, ordering things off eBay like a bunch of cheap Hasbro guys wasn't really feasible. And now that we're in 2022, ordering Hasbro guys off eBay eBay is no longer financially feasible. Right. 15 bucks a pop even for the craft ones. So I have a 3D printer and you can get uh, pre-created... like files to slice up and go with of pretty much any Hasbro guy that's ever been made. So I've been printing off those guys and they're, they're designed really well. It's super interchangeable because it's the same guy who made like all of them and it's like three nice uh, design and they come out pretty good. And 
I've been playing around with my face builder app to make some uh, some face scans, and that's going well. So, so you're working on your own custom schematics too. You're not just downloading them. No, no. So I'm downloading all the body types, like those, because that's a pain in the butt. But I have uh, there's an app that you import about like seven or eight pictures of faces, and it'll kind of auto detect, and then you just adjust some pins to find the facial markers and fine tune it a bit, and it spits out. I mean. Yeah, the last thing you want to do is tell me that it's that easy to do because, buddy, um, your boy could get back into action figure customizing in a heartbeat. I'm not going to say it's that easy. It took some figuring out to figure out how to adjust the pins without screwing the whole thing up. And I'm still learning the hair tools, so they're all coming out bald. And then I'm sculpting with with epoxy sculpt, which is a fun process on its own. Yeah. Uh, what, What was your favorite custom you made as a kid? Or as an adult, what's your favorite custom you've well, ever made? Easily the war horse I made. I took yeah? uh, I took a map. I want to see it. I want to see it. You looked it looked like you looked over at it. It's not far away. I know where he lives. <laughs> I did a Matt Hardy head. I had uh, some fabric for the jean jacket, did all the other stuff. So he came out pretty darn badass. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> And That's I dope. sculpted the little too sweet hand, or in his case, the heavy metal hand. But um, I definitely got a shout out from Warhorse. He uh, added it to his story and commented on it and everything. So I'm pretty much red. <laughs> yeah, dude, this is uh, this is going to be go over well with our uh, non-visual listeners. Absolutely. Um, Just trust us. It looks sick. I sold all of mine. Like I would make them and then turn around and sell them. The only one I didn't, I had an extra laying around. I did a prince devitt before they like he signed with wwe and i made it's kind of weird to like get in there but it's literally just an old miz figure that i got (laughs) for like five dollars on a sale i think it was one of the ringside things and i got that and uh just started painting easiest custom i ever did i saw the samoa joe for two hundred dollars once that was shit Mm -hmm. and that's that's that was like one of the last ones i did and then uh you know adult life kind of throws a wrench into things but yeah anyway sold the squirrel for 150 right after he got canceled so that was sweet (laughs) i used to be able to sell like marty squirrels i'm trying to think of like like the custom elite ones yeah i'm trying to think of what my formula was but it was like i think it was like an elite daniel bryan body just painted black like black tights black boots and paint the tape and everything and then like a damian sandow head i think it was and i could sell those dudes for 50 bucks a pop and people would just like buy them to the point where i bought umbrellas in bulk and just put it with them and people were like oh my god (laughs) i think i sold like six of them so i don't know what the profit ratio is on that but Anyway, again, fun fun stuff for our, our listeners. Uh, we're bigger dorks than you guys realized. Um, so what do you want to jump into first? Because we've got a lot of stuff to cover. This might be a three-segment one. We do have a lot of stuff to cover. So let's start with the ons and ends stuff. And we got to keep this running gag going. But it is heating up. More news in the world of Saucer Bank slash Mercedes Vernado. We finally have news. Actual it's not us news. just like speculating on like random stuff where it's like, oh, <laughs> she changed her Twitter bio. <laughs> um, so she has been um, quote unquote confirmed, like dirt sheet confirmed for a Wrestle Kingdom appearance. 
um, also allegedly has multiple New Japan dates lined up, which will include wrestling, presumably leading up to a match with Kyrie for the IWGP Women's Championship. I'm which, guessing we're going to see the face-to-face on January 4 that would to be then nice set up. Yeah. Right. Does Keep talking. I'm going to pull up uh, New Japan schedule. Yeah, so we have no no further info on any any contracts outside of that meeting. She's like her WWE deal expires December thirty first, and she is free as a bird. Um, current reports. So she is waiting. She is waiting for the contract to expire. Has that, that been guaranteed? I mean, as guaranteed as any of the rest of this stuff has been being guaranteed, okay. right? But that's because because we've heard the speculation that she's not under contract. And that yeah. she just said that she's not going to be doing any wrestling dates until 2023. Um, again, we don't really have wrestling journalists out there. No, so right? it's so. really hard to track all this shit down. Okay. Um, so that's not right. They're not running Wrestle Kingdom 17 in Yokohama Arena on the 21st. That is incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it must be like something else. So I doubt that Kyrie Sasha matches at New Year's Dash. Um, when is when's New Beginning? Is that February? Either end of January or early yep. something like that. February eleventh, New Beginning in Osaka, or Battle in the Valley on February eighteenth, which is a Saturday, live from San Jose, California. Oh, that would sync up well because we've got a big, big AEW West Coast swing early. Uh-huh. In- or do you think it could happen during the CMLL Fantastica Mania tour? It, it's hard to say at this point. It could I be mean, any. <laughs> I could see her doing other matches. <laughs> CMLL world. CMLL world. I am one hundred percent as the as the british people would say or as my fellow countrymen because i'm obviously coming from the docklands once again i am taking the piss mitch um yeah i i think sasha banks uh is definitely not going back to wwe i think that's pretty clear yep uh i assume this whole time i was like if she goes back to w wwe it's either going to happen in like survivor series didn't happen royal rumble seems like the biggest one maybe coming out as a different sailor moon character um i don't think that's gonna happen it would be pretty wild unless she just wants to do a match and then go right back uh for a mania payday which i'm just saying that that would be a hell of a leverage tool she goes out there and wrestles and wins a stardom title and then uh they're like well if you really want me this is my new rate I I think she has both Tony Khan and Uncle Paul over a barrel as far as negotiation goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if she does the New Japan, that's basically confirming her for All Elite Wrestling, right? You would think, yeah. Dude. Yeah, there's no way that she's going to be like <laughs> winning the title in stardom and then wrestling exclusively in japan there's no way no. so yeah i mean uh i guess we'll see it when we see it well uh <laughs> we can wake up super early and do an 8 a.m instant reaction show for wrestle kingdom and we'll tell you guys what happened i'll just be but, us um, stay awake for it 
Uh, I could wake up early enough. I, I don't know. I'm excited that Wrestle Kingdom's back to just one night. Um, there was little reason for them to do more than two nights aside from that one time. That one time felt really special. Then the novelty quickly wore off. Um, but yeah, World Tag League and the Junior Tag League are almost done. We're uh, it's gonna be set, dude. I'm excited. Um, it's New Japan is literally like a quarterly promotion for me, where it's just like I, I kind of just put them on the back burner, and I'm like, oh hey, they're doing something. Let's go. So I'm glad they're not my primary promotion anymore. That's for sure. Um, anything else on Sasha? You want to move on? Let's let's move on to the other person. Uh, what's going on with Kota Ibushi? Should we expect him anytime soon? I lost. I almost like yelped out. I was uh, on my lunch break, and uh, I saw the tweet that someone someone retweeted Michael Nakazawa, and I was like, "Why am I getting a Michael Nakazawa tweet?" Because <laughs> I don't follow too many wrestlers, but I like yeah. following like funny people who watch wrestling. Nakazawa wasn't one of them, really. And then I and then I went down. Hey, is he a good Twitter follow? I have no idea. I was gonna say you're not even on Twitter. You fuck out of here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I saw that he was in the ring with Kota Ibushi with a bunch of stuff and was just like you know like Kenny Omega said like send his regards or whatever. And I was like, oh snap! Or was it a Kota Ibushi tweet? I can't remember. I don't know. Naka had another tweet one where he was saying like my business here is done. I've accomplished what I needed to. Back to the states, and it's like. Hmm. Dude, I'm just saying, if you set up a match with him, I mean, we're going to be talking about the build to revolution, you know, within the next several weeks. But man, uh, Tony Khan gets Kota Ibushi. Um, you know how I said MJF's probably going to hold the title until at least January 1st of 2024. Uh, I might want to do a program with Kota Ibushi and put the title on him. I'm just saying, <laughs> have him go out there, you know, every couple of weeks and put on a five star match on TV. Uh, it'd be tempting. Um, I'm I'm dying to see more Kota Ibushi. He hasn't wrestled all year, and it's uh it's been a bummer. So, but that's given him chance to heal. That's going to give him chance to just wherever he ends up, just launch right out. Um, what do you think? Are you excited? Are you kind of like... I don't want to get my hopes up too Cautiously much. optimistic? Yeah, let's file me in the cautiously optimistic category. Just, I, I always worry about... They, they don't want to damage the New Japan relationship and Coda's dynamic with New Japan. Is it, we'll take them off your hands or is it we're burning a bridge? Because they're not going to burn a bridge to get Coda. They're not going to burn the entire company bridge just for Ibushi. And it was interesting that they didn't buy out his contract and that they're just right? paying it out. Um, that makes me think that New Japan just wants to be done with them and they're kind of sticking it to him. Or maybe that's just how it's done in Japan and well, I shouldn't no. be reading into it. There are a lot of unknowns in this situation, but as long as I get to see Ibushi wrestle again, I will be happy. Yeah, I I think obviously AEW is the perfect landing spot for him for a multitude of reasons. Um, I don't know. I want another Ibushi hangman match. So you can tie in all of that. I, I do have them be the trio. Young Bucks can leave and go do whatever, and we can do the hung lovers, and it can be Ibushi, Hangman, and Omega. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. That sounds pretty good. Booker over the year over here. Speaking of bookers, 
Booker T had some comments recently, <laughs> and um, I mean, they were stupid, but it was interesting. His comment was something along the lines of like, Wheeler Yuta's got a stupid name, so it makes it tough to make him a champion because you can't have a champion that's, whose name sounds like Wheeler Yuta. And well said, Booker T. <laughs> Sorry, King Booker. <laughs> I. It was something. I didn't think Wheeler Yuta was that bad of a name. I don't I think, think it is. I just think it's unique. Definitely bad names in wrestling. That's a thing you can do. Um, I don't think we were ever getting world heavyweight champion puke Darren Drostov. But like... Yeah, I mean, it's not... Uh, you can get a know. lot of bad shit over. But... Yeah, like... I don't know. I, I try not to criticize people who like take a beating and have been concussed at some point, but I'm just like, I don't know. Like, would you rather have him be Wheeler Yuta or Paul Gruber? You know, Hans Gruber. So we're like, we're getting, (laughs) it's uh, too close. It's too close here. (laughs) Wheeler (laughs) group. I think Wheeler Yuta is a badass name. It's really unique. Um, Yeah. It doesn't matter because as long as he wrestles the way that he wrestles, I'm going to be a huge fan. Our uh, our stock that we bought in Utah whenever we started the show uh, is starting to pay off. Which, by the way, it's almost a year anniversary of us dicking around on these Ooh. things. And uh, just think in that time, like how fast Wheeler Utah has like caught on. And people are like, oh shit, this guy's serious. Tony Khan gets like way too much shit. But it's like, if you like look at this stuff that he does, like I think he can... Star is probably too big of a word, but like he he can he can make talent feel very special, and I think Wheeler Yuta is the perfect example. Um, I mean, it's a bummer that we're not going to see any story with him and William Regal play out, but that just is what it is. Yeah, so Regs is gone. Um, talked to TK while TK was in the hospital with his mom, half dead. Um, I hope which by the way do you want to you want to talk about that real quick like that ring of honor so we're going to be talking about the post press conference but the the Wednesday was that Wednesday afternoon Wednesday morning media called pre-dynamite about everything I ended up listening to it on the way home and he starts off the call basically saying like my mom has had two strokes since what September and things things have just been very very brutal and so whenever you do the, the lining up of that, you kind of realize it's like, well, uh, I hope people that were criticizing him and his show in that time realize that he was doing the best he could do with what he has. And honestly, um, as, as, as much as it hurts to hear that, and I know I'm not really a thoughts and prayers person, but I'm just like that, man, my heart goes out to him and his family because that is one stroke is is brutal but having two in a short term is is something i wouldn't wish on anybody um all that said i think this is the best thing that he can do is be a person in the public eye because whenever you look at wrestling promoters they are cartoon characters they're huge pieces of shit and you should never trust them and now <laughs> There's some stuff with the con fortune that's not pretty. It just is what it is. Anyone, <laughs> any, anyone with the B 
in their uh, tax bracket, there's some bad stuff there. That said, like, this is a passion project for him. He's giving his heart and soul to make sure he puts on the best, like, wrestling he can. Um, I really felt for him, and I think it, it changed the way that I look at him, where I'm just like, it kind of, like, uh, snapped back into perspective where it was just like, okay, he is a real person, and, you know, he's spinning a lot of plates, he's going through a really hard time, and he's, you know, trying to get excited for wrestling again um so yeah it was pretty heartbreaking to listen to but i think it it kind of added a lot of stuff in perspective about why things probably took a long time with the brawl out stuff um and then the william regal stuff i'm gonna let you take it from there after you give your thoughts uh but you when whenever i heard the way that the william regal stuff played out um i guess people online are saying that he took advantage of tony khan's situation to get out of his deal and he like got one over on tony khan I didn't get that feeling at all. Whenever Tony Khan was telling that story, it seems like he genuinely wishes him the best, you know, and and him going elsewhere. Yeah. I would certainly hope there was no, no attempt to manipulate that situation. It doesn't seem like it. That wasn't the vibe I got. I got from it either. I'd be pretty disappointed if that became abundantly clear, but I don't think we have any real reason to think that. Um, I've been pretty critical of TK in the past about some, things he's done not even necessarily with wrestling just the way he's actually was a lot of his fulham stuff that really turned me off of him as a as a someone that i'd ever consider working for but hard to not not feel bad for him and see him in a bit of a different light right now at least so hopefully that i mean hopefully we'll see some other growth in those areas too where i've been a little critical but shitty situation I mean, came to Toronto, we taped Dynamite Rampage, and the next day he was watching it from the hospital room with his mom, and we yeah. taped Rampage on a Thursday. So that was literally, like, yeah. took a red eye out and got there. Um, but Regal is gone. EC3 made some likely bullshit comments that Regal was miserable since day one because these young punks... Really just guaranteed he's never going to work there. I mean, I think we already knew that. He did get in bed with Braun Strowman, and we've pretty much established that Braun Strowman didn't get picked up and is grumpy about it, um, that Tony wouldn't give him the time of day, and I think EC3 was in the same boat, so try and stir up some shit with uh, Regal. I don't know if you're trying to get back in into Hunter because Control Your Narrative was a hilarious failure or what, but whatever it was, some bad comments about Regal and coaching and young punks not being willing to listen. Uh, then Pillman Jr.'s comments got taken out of context where he was literally all he said was like, yeah, there were some of us that were there a lot. Some weeks we'd have 10, some weeks we'd have three. Should there have been more? Maybe. I don't know. But we were there and happy to learn. And people ran with it and were like, oh, Brian Pillman buried everybody said that nobody was listening to Regal and they're all a bunch of, no, that's not what Pillman said at all. No. He said, hey, I was no. happy to learn from him. And like Everybody else like, this is bullshit. I can't even believe this is a story. But it does lead to a bit of a bigger conversation regarding coaching in general. Um, as our viewership likely remembers, because they hang on every word I say, I spend a lot of time coaching in the track world. And there are definitely some dinosaurs in that world, too, who have the same complaints about these young punks not being able to listen. And yeah. More often than not, it's a load of crap and they just don't have it anymore. And that's really all there is to it. You got to be able to build buy-in with the people you're selling your product to. And that's just the way it goes. 
That's yeah. this whole story is full of crap. Yeah, I, I didn't put any stock into that. It, it's just whenever I saw that, I was like, man, this is just people being really shitty. And it's like, yeah, I mean, if I'm a wrestler, um, I would make an attempt to do that. But you look at the people who are coaching backstage. There's no way you're going to be able to talk to all of them no. at all, like all the time. Like, I, would I be hanging out with Dean Malenko today to see what he thinks? What about Jerry Lynn? What about William Regal? What about Sting? What about like literally? You could go down the list, and it's just like who to like Tony Schiavone. Like what? What? Who am I? Who am I talking to? Like I, a, a lot of that stuff is bullshit. And I, like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put any stock into it. Um, it's just the people you would expect got upset about it. Um, and I don't want to give them any more time than we already have. But yep, Regal's back in WWE land. Part of the deal, uh, between Tony Khan and him is that he can't appear on WWE TV for the next year, whenever he would have been con contracted, um, which I think is more than fair. And that, that does kind of like put a little oomph to just being like, well, okay. But even if you don't want to go back and be on TV, you can't go back and be on TV. Like that, that that's just, and I don't think that's a shitty thing to do either. It's just, that's the world that we live in. And I mean, I don't think Tony Khan thinks that there's a wrestling war, but, Fucking Triple H thinks there's a wrestling war. I'll tell you that much. So yeah, Tony Khan kind of has to do some things to protect himself and protect his brand because it would look really bad for the first person that he does a favor like that for just goes immediately right back and is on Raw, SmackDown, NXT. I don't fucking know. So yeah, I um, it, it just is what it is. And uh, I'm glad I got to see Regal back on my TV for a year. He's probably not going to be back on my TV for a very, very, very long time. So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm glad we got what we got. All right, last bit of news before we get into the, the main areas. Uh, Wrestling Revolver a couple weeks ago did their, their season finale show. That's uh, Sammy Callahan's promotion. I think uh, that was just last weekend, wasn't it? Something like that. I mean, I, I just watched yeah, yeah. it like two days ago. But uh, oh. <laughs> time on, is a flat circle. It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. It was on Fight Plus as part of that. That package, all the wrestling revolver stuff is there. We had first time ever Kenta against Speedball Mike Bailey on that show. I mean, that was really the match on the show. I wasn't watching for Marina Shafir versus Billy Starks. I'll, I'll tell you that. That match didn't suck. It wasn't it amazing, was... but it didn't suck. Mitch, you're not going to trick me. I'm not watching that match. But there was a match on the show you really shouldn't watch. I can't remember what it was already, but it was really bad. It was <laughs> matches but it was terrible <laughs> but no kenta speedball was was awesome um we've talked a bit that kenta sometimes feels like kenta and sometimes feels like 2022 nakamura uh this felt like og kenta he definitely this match meant something to him too you could tell they both put put a lot of heart into this match and it was it was a hell of a lot of fun it from what I saw, because again, I uh, I don't have Fight Plus, so I, I just had to kind of yeah. piece together the highlights before I sail the high season, watch the full match. Um, hard striking. I like that. Uh, crowd was into it from what I saw. That helps out a ton. Uh, these are two guys that whenever they give their best, they are like... I think, I think Kintas might be like one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. And the fact that he's not mentioned as such by a lot of people, I think kind of shows either one, they just don't know or two, they're just wrong. Um, that's really all it comes down to. Cause Kenta is that guy. 
Um, I don't think that too with uh, with Mr. Punk stealing his finisher. He went to do the Punk head, and Danielson stole his shit and just flipped off the entire crowd. It was yep. awesome. Yep. Um, yeah, both of these guys are awesome. Like I said, I'm looking forward to watching the full match, but uh, from what I saw, it looked really good. I don't think it's going to make any match of the year lists, but, nope, um, but it, it looks like an absolute blast. And um, do we know for a fact that Moxley's taken over the booking for that, or is it still Sammy Callahan? No idea. I could not tell you. Mox made an appearance at the show. He came out and like cut a quick promo, and that was it. So I feel like he's got a pretty big stake in it now. But he said something that he was like fan, like he's like booking people. So maybe Callahan's just using his connection. I don't know. But I mean, regardless, um, tight, so yeah, Mox is doing something with them moving forward, which could be really cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's what I got. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a fun show overall. There was also uh, shit. I can't remember who it was. It was Zach Wentz and somebody, and it was definitely one of the better Wentz matches I've seen because he's always been kind of the worst rascal, and this was one of his better showings. Wasn't it someone like Alex Shelley or Chris Sabin? I thought it was someone younger, but maybe my memory's already gone. Let's see. Wrestling revolver. I promise listeners. I appreciate you. I'm not doing this shit on purpose. Um, <laughs> okay. No, it was Phoenix. That's who it was. Oh, damn. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Alex Shelley faced Masha. Damn. How was that match? It was fun. Okay. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to check that out too. I guess I'll have to find the whole show. Yeah, I, I skipped the... I skipped one match. Um, this golden ticket scramble sucked. I would not waste your time on that crap. Shelly versus Masha was fine. Jessica and Alley Catch was kind of bad. Um, um, actually, really kind of bad. But I really don't like jessica havoc so i felt like i was already going in pretty biased but it sucked um don't waste your time on that um, well if she got booked that means callahan still has the pencil honestly i mean phoenix went i enjoyed shafir billy because it was like a five minute match so it was like, inoffensive and showed up that's all the time i would give him so good that's good booking if you're going to do that match great, yeah for the five minute match that was perfect um Oh, and then the, the main event was Rich Swan and Swerve Strickland. That was a little underwhelming for what it was, honestly. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I could I, see that. Okay, so I'll check out those two for sure. Yeah, check out the opening match. It's a quick, like, 10-minute match sprint between those two and then Kenta and Bailey. And that's, if that's all you watch from the show you got, you got the best stuff. Sounds good. So what are we moving on to now? Well, let's uh, let's get our week in AEW done before we move over to the big Ring of Honor stuff because that is the the real theme of the week is is Ring of Honor. But I mean, if we were doing match of the week, uh, I don't see any competition for Joe versus Darby. <laughs> At one point, I was having the thought in my head of like, am I going to go five on this match? I mean, that was Joe's best match by a country mile. In it's AEW. not close. It's not close. Not, not close at all. That's. I mean. We, we joked about Joe doing the walk away spot when Darby does a suicide dive. And of course they did and then it. You have to do it. You have to do it. Like, but that was brutal though. That was like the best case scenario. Oh my God. Did that look? Imagine scary. if you hadn't seen that before you would have been like, Oh my God. Darby's dead. 
Yeah, that's the one to watch. Dude, Darby made Joe look like a star. Fantastic. Um, we also got the ascension of Ricky Starks, won the casino <laughs> and he got T and MJF had this big promo face off. And I am really that kind of gave me chills. We were telling you, we've been telling you, Ricky Starks is that guy. He will be a world champion. It's not going to be soon, but it's going to happen, and you're going to love it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why people fight us on this shit. They should just listen to us and just be like, we'll talk about the ass boys later. I'm like, guys, I'm telling you, you're going to love the ass boys. So, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I thought Dynamite was largely fine. The only thing I didn't like about the whole MJF and Ricky Starks thing is that next week we're doing the ring and the title. Because uh, like Ricky Starks didn't get the ring. Uh, I, 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 I didn't like that. Are they doing both? I thought they were doing two different matches. That would be incredibly fucking stupid to do the title match and then the match for the ring. Right. So yeah, I I don't know that that part I really didn't care for, um, the fact that there's any confusion around it because it would make sense if the winner just won the ring and, you know, Starks is the first person besides MJF to win the ring, that kind of means a lot going in. I don't know. Maybe you don't have you don't want MJF losing, which I get. He just won the title. I don't know, but it's like what the fuck are we doing? Like you set a precedence and. You're just not following up on it. That was my least favorite thing. Um, And then I did like the end of Rampage uh, setting up a bunch of stuff. Um, It it still feels like it's a lot of like dark level stuff. Um, It definitely feels B and C level, but it's all stuff that I'm really into. Like we're probably going to have Kip Sabian win that title off of Orange Cassidy. It's going to take a while. I mean, that is what's going to happen. We know. I mean, We've known that since Kim challenge, Kip challenged Pack for that eventually he was getting a run with that title, right? We know that's coming. So yeah, um, and then you know Dustin Rhodes said at an indie show that 2023 is going to be his last in ring year, and so we're already setting up stuff with him. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. Uh, I I honestly I want his final match to be against MJF. Uh, I think that that would be spectacular. You want to do shit in a dusty way like that. That would be a great homage to his old man. If he d- ends up doing, you know, like title versus career. I-, I think that that could be a really, really special TV match. So there you go. Winter is coming next year. That that should be the match. Just uh, saying. Um, I was really hyped for Moxley Takeshita and it it I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fine. Um, I, I think I wanted something much bigger and better than what I ended up getting, but I nothing wrong with it. It just didn't meet my expectations. What uh, What do you think about Trent Seven coming in? Insane. Um, I said this in our chat. If I could get one person away from the Connecticut Fed, it would be Tyler Bate for many reasons. One of them would would be like if I get Trent Seven, like uh, that's awesome. Um. Right now, Trent Seven, I think, is per appearance, which just means that like they're working on a contract. Yeah, we've had that a million times already. It's... Right. Um, I think the obvious matchup would be him and Kip Sabian as a team, and you could set up a stable. Yep. 
um, of just like English people. You can bring back Jimmy Havoc. It would be, uh, again, taking the piss. Fitting that I'm talking about British people. Um, I think you can have shit. Bring over Butch. I don't know. Uh, what's Walter up to? Walter doesn't wrestle anymore, does he? I am stuck on Johnny Hungy switching from it's all about the budge to it's all about the butch because i just remember budge cole baby and that might have been one of my favorite things on being the elite ever because it was so fucking stupid budge um which by the way i still haven't watched being the elite since it came back i don't know if i'm going to i'm serious i don't have time dude if i'm supposed to watch like fucking 20 hours of aew every week and then just movies and tv shows that i like i can't do the youtube stuff i I, it's a part-time job at this point so yeah um we're what revolution is until like the first weekend of march so um basically for the month of december we're building up to you know they're doing what what was the scheduling there's uh winter is coming this week then there is another specialty show they're they're doing here. Let me pull up the the schedule. Uh, I'll pull up the schedule while you give your overall thoughts on Dynamite and Rampage. I for me this was probably their strongest Rampage they've ever done, just in terms of making it feel like you needed to see things. I mean, Moxley Takeshita is is a main event of any Dynamite. Bringing in Trent Seven against Orange Cassie's. A cool thing. So we got a debut and a match that should main event to Dynamite. That's a sign that, you know, we're putting some effort back into to Rampage. And we've had a lot of them. We've had Warren Cassidy and freaking Shibata on Rampage. You know, for a solid month now, he's been trying to put one real real match on there. Um, Which, really quick, shout out to Brandon Thurston on that uh, pre-pay-per-view press conference. Uh, wherever, you know, he, he said that, so I'm so sorry to hear about your mom we got to talk about this terrible rampage rating um credit to him because that's an incredibly hard spot to like actually like call out like kind of call someone out on their shit after they share something about their family um and we'll get into more press conference stuff later but um yeah huge shout out because the rampage number dipped to an all-time low i think it was what 0.08 um so whenever NXT runs a lap around you, you know, you're doing wrong. Um, I've said this, other people have said this. It's, it's not a hot take at all at this point. The fact that they're not doing any one of the uh, best of seven on a rampage is like the criminal at this point. Like you've got to do something to try and pop a number. Uh, and I know that they're, they're, they're trying to front load dynamite to pop because that's where you're going to make your money on contracts. So Rampage kind of takes the back burner. I don't know, man. Um, If you had to do something like make Rampage the something show, because it used to be the CM Punk show, who who would you build that around? Would you do the Elite on Rampage, or would you rather have them drive Dynamite? I mean, I think you have to stick with the Elite as the Dynamite guys, but if I'm looking at who... Moxley? Who I'm boosting Rampage around... Honestly, I'm thinking, I mean, it's a one-hour show. It's fast-paced. 
I'm looking to more of your guys like your Ray Phoenixes who can just go out and put on five stars week after week. Don't need a lot of promo time because there isn't a lot of promo time. John Moxley's a promo guy, and we don't have a lot of space for that on Rampage. So give me some of those guys that are putting on the five-star bangers every, every I mean, week. if he wasn't going into a title program, which he obviously is, I would say Danielson on Rampage. It's just the Danielson show where you start at like every single week. It starts off with him having a banger of a match and then you can have, you know, the women's match and then, you know, whatever your main event's going to be. Um, just off the top of my head, that's what I would do. But yeah, dude, Phoenix needs to be a world champ. We're, 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 we're taking too long with this. Um, I, I Oh yeah, that's right. So I've got the, the schedule pulled up here, which by the way, we can still buy tickets for final battle that happened yesterday. If you want that's to, cool. I'm, Tickets go on sale for the second Canadian show next week. So, Ooh, where are they heading up to? Winnipeg. Is that close? That's definitely closer to you, isn't it? Seven hour drive. I don't have to fly. Yeah. I mean, that's about what it is for me to go to Chicago or Kansas City. So, I've done that drive year after year after year after year for track meets. So, I can do that one in my sleep. And okay. What's the date on that one? March 14th, I think. It's a Tuesday because. Damn, that's like coming up. Yeah, right after Revolution. They're doing a Tuesday night one because some, uh, I think some like March Madness stuff's getting shifted over at TBS, so there's some preemptions. But, uh, Makes sense. I mean, we know Jericho and Omega are going to be the big the big feature, right? I'm guessing it'll be a trios match, just like I predicted originally of 2.0 and Jericho against the Elite, because you've got to have the Battle of Manitoba on the first Winnipeg show. That's, that's a given. Who's the best Winnipeg wrestler? Is it Jericho or is it Kenny? very fitting that Winnipeg's the second destination and um, they're running that would be dope. The, the Jets play in so there'll be you yeah. know, around 12, 13,000 tickets available when you factor in the, the parts. That's a pretty good sized venue for a TV show. So it's going to be a, it'll be a, like it's an NHL arena so yeah. they'll fit 15 to 20 for NHL games so it's going to be a great show. I'm hoping tickets won't be too too bad. I'm definitely going secondary. Market. I don't think so. I want good seats and I don't want to waste my time with Ticketmaster bullshit so I probably won't even buy them. Uh, so schedule coming up for the rest of the year. Um, we, it, like I said, it's just special shows. So we've got winter is coming this, uh, in a few days, uh, which I guess, dude, our listeners are going to be pretty pumped to have like basically two, <laughs> two episodes from us this week. Um, so winter is coming is in like three days. And then the week after that is the holiday bash which is going to be the Christmas show down in San Antonio. Then they're scooting over to Denver to do new Year's smash. And then uh, that's the year. And then after that, they're doing their first show in Seattle to start off the year, same day as wrestle kingdom. So looking at the town, they have FTR on that card. They might want to change that on the advertisement. I don't think FTR is going to be there. Um, and then after that, we're doing battle of the belts um that weekend in portland so after that we're looking at probably january 11th um and then all the way until march 5th is going to be your revolution build so i mean two realistically we're three months in between pay-per-views but you know doing all the specialty shows it's going to be interesting to see how they time that out so we don't really have to talk revolution for like another month which i'm pretty excited about um, I mean, I guess we could just like fucking bullshit around and 
playing a card and be 50% right. Like always. Um, let's see, I guess you just want to jump into it. Let's do the big show. Final battle. We decided to skip. Well, there were circumstances involved, but we decided to ultimately do a review instead of the preview. Uh, so let's do it. Let's start with the, uh, the zero hour. We open with Jeff Cobb winning against Mascara Dorada, formerly known as Grand Metalik in Connecticut. I went over to my buddy's house to watch this and I'm not going to lie. I remembered three matches that were on the show. And so whenever they ran a match graphic, I was like, oh, cool. This is like a cool match. So it was kind of like a, a little mystery vortex for your guy because I we didn't do the preview. So I didn't like type out the card or anything or it's just like, you know, I kind of just kind of went went on as normal. So, yeah, this was a this was a cool little show for me. I was like, oh, rad. And then whenever I saw I was like, OK, Jeff Cobb. You know, who he's, who's he going to go up against? Probably, you know, a big dude. They're going to trade blows. And then I saw it was Dorada. I was like, oh, snap. Jeff Cobb's at his best whenever he's working with a luchador. And sure enough, Cobb was at his best working with a luchador. Um, I, I, I would assume that Cobb would be one of the people that's on the weekly ROH TV whenever he's not doing New Japan stuff. Um yeah, dude, this match was really good. This was an awesome way to start the show off, especially if you're going to like get people to impulse by the show and That's you're like, we're right. starting off with this show on YouTube. Like, let's go. There was a, there was a spot where Cobb had Dorada on the outside and he like oh. he planted him onto the, the ring apron. I thought he fucking killed him like that. I thought. You know, we're talking about Darby's suicide dive. I thought Dorado was dead. I was like, great, show's over. And then I watched it back, and it was nowhere near as bad as it was. And then I was no, just like, no, these guys no, are pro no, wrestlers. No, Let's no, go. Let's no, go. No, <laughs> Work me softly. Let's go. <laughs> super fun opener. Um, then we moved on to 2.0, Daddy Magic, and Cool Hand Ange against the Shinobi Shadow Squad. I'm just going to say this here and now uh, y'all can take this for what you want. Uh, cool hand and daddy magic are my FTR. Like the way that people talk about how cool FTR is and they do these cool old school, like they're an old school tag team. These guys are an old school tag team. They're not working a ton of spots like FTR and the bucks do. It's just like they, it's a, it's a very like rhythmic and steady really good tag team match and they know how to build heat. They end up getting the crowd to cheer for them at a certain point and then had to get them back to booing them. These guys are amazing. I hope the tag divisions built around them. Their theme song is a fucking synth wave banger that like no one knows how good this theme is. Cause they're like, ah, fuck these guys. We don't even, they're not even 2.0. They don't have a tag team name. They can't be good, but they've got like the hardest theme in the company. Dude, these guys are stars. Get the fuck out of my way and give them the titles. <laughs> well, I love these guys. They started their ascension over Shinobi Shadow Squad. So world famous cheeseburger and Eli Isom, who people might remember. Yeah. One of the dudes kidnapped by Braun Strowman at last year's final battle. As we get past the dark oh. history. No, I, f I forgot that. I so did. Thank too. you. Except, don't blame me. So Tony Deppin and you just brought it up. No, no, 
fucking hear me out. Tony Deathman and Brody King and Cheeseburger all put out this tweet about about that spot last year because I'd forgotten about it too. And they were like, "Man, I'm so glad my match got short, so we had to got cut short, so we had to deal with this shit." I'm grateful we got to listen to a 15 minute program for him. Like they were just shitting all over him, and it was just like the most cathartic thing for all of those ROH guys to just shit all over Braun and his. Which boys. speaking of, it looks like we're getting Tony Depp and on Ring of Honor. Absolutely, yeah, Tony Depp for him. Did, uh, did a spot in the crowd on the night and. He's been doing a lot of dark and dark elevation matches. Like they've been traveling with him for these shows and he's got his own screen and theme. Like Tony Deppin is a part of ring of honor for sure. Can I give you the perfect ring of honor match for him? So if I say, if I said you transport him back to like the early aughts and he's going to have a ring of honor match, who is his perfect opponent? You can do this. I'd be down for Kevin Steen. It's Roderick Strong. Mm. Roderick Strong versus Tony Deppin is Ring of Honor as fuck. And it upsets me that <laughs> I'm not going to get Roddy anytime soon. Um, yeah, locked up for a while, and I'm pretty sure he's still trying to break free. Uh, fucking cool. Hey, you know what? Uncle Paul, I know you listen to this. I'll get Tony Khan on the phone. I'm basic. We're basically a secretary at this point. We're giving him all our great booking ideas. I will trade you, Alistair Black, for Roderick Strong. Just saying, I'll get the lawyers on the phone. Just make it happen. Just please make it happen. I thought we already sent him Regal. Just give us Roddy now. Oh, dude, I would do that ten times out of ten. Regal for Roddy. I would also like to talk about my ricochet, but I think that ship has sailed. Um, (laughs) I thought the tag match was really good. Um, Exactly what I wanted it to be. Like I said, just these guys are such an awesome tag team and people need to start putting some fucking respect on their name. Um, Every time they showed up, they showed up like twice on the pay-per-view. They won a match and then also showed up twice. And I was like, they are 100% going to be on the ring of honor roster. And I am so excited for this. So excited. Uh, next up, we've got Willow Nightingale over Trisha Dora. Um, match was all right. Nothing, nothing crazy. I think the biggest thing to note is that it is significant that it was Trisha Dora because we know Maria Canales Bennett is going to have some influence over the women's division. I mean, which is fine. Everything still runs through TK, but like that's one of the reasons Maria is in the company. Um, Maria had Trish as her person to beat Roxy for the title back before things yep. collapsed. So it's just, I think it's a sign that that Maria does have some some. I mean, Tony already had booked Trish once or twice too, but. I think we definitely can read into the fact that Trish was a part of this match. Did Roxy? She signed with Connecticut, didn't she? Sure did. Um, yeah, I, I didn't read too much into it. I'm at the point now where I would put Willow on Dynamite week in, week out. Well, not like week in, week out, but she's one of no, the... like a regular, right? She's, she's one if of I had to choose eight girls. women yeah. to do a tag or a, a division with, it would yeah, be her. Probably. Like, she'd be one of them. Yeah. Um, but I think her being ring of honor women's champion is where she starts. Mm-hmm. So I, I think her in ring of honor makes a ton of sense. I, 
honestly, I think she could be a big female star. Um, she's, she's got a good character. Um, I'm really proud of her for not just like doing comedy exclusively because she can do that. Um, but credit to her. She's, you know, she's a fucking good wrestler. Uh, and I'm glad she got a lot of work here and I'm glad she got the win. And our last match on zero hour top flight take over OGK Taven and Bennett. Um, very strange finish. I didn't think top flight would get the win. Neither did I. I mean, the finish, I, I dig the team finisher going forward. Yeah. Interesting enough. This is, we watched Dante for like a year and a half. Never miss this spot where he does the hop. on. I know. I felt bad for him twice in the last month. And we didn't see him miss it once anywhere. Not even on like shitty indie ropes for like, it looked like it looked like it was nerves because he was moving faster than he normally does. I think, I think he was looking to like make it look really special. And it it just skated over the fucking rope. The other time he lost his balance this time. He like water, like what's, what's the freak hydroplaned over the, over the top rope. And just, I mean, he had so much momentum. He still made the dive. But, Which could have been really dangerous. Oh, it scared me. It, it scared me. I was quite yeah. relieved, but really fun match. Yeah, I'm shocked that the, because I would assume that we would have the Kingdom be a tag team in Ring of Honor. And I mean, um, they are. Like, they're, good at, they're Ring of Honor designated. They're not dynamite bound. They're, then they're having them lose the top flight's really fucking weird, especially <laughs> shake their hand afterwards. It, it was weird. They they did cut like I think on Instagram. There's a little promo where they're like, "We came, we never got a rematch for the title." Blah blah blah. And there's probably a longer arc on top of it. Why the fuck do you get a rematch? We just beat your ass. And or the move would be to have a rematch, and it's just like, oh, remember they had a match at Zero Hour. Watch them wrestle on Ring of Honor TV this week, and yeah. then you do a heel turn there where they're just like, yeah. "You're not beating us twice." Like I think there's a bigger plan at play, but it was weird and it took me by surprise too. For sure. I was shocked. That said, like, dude, I'm so glad that Darius is back. I, I've been like, since the time that I saw him on my screen the first time, I was like, that's the one. That's the Jeff Hardy of the group. Like, like you can tell. You just look, like, look at the tag team, and it's like, uh, and then it turns out Darius is also the better athlete. So uh, I love, I love the burn from 2.0 on them later on. That was really good. Um, but yeah, I. I'm glad to have them back. And if the tag division is largely built around like the Briscoes, these guys, and then uh, you add 2.0 on top of that, they really need a team name. I can't just keep saying daddy magic and cool hand. Um, Yeah. If it's built primarily around those four teams, let's fucking go. That's how you start a territory. So yeah, I, uh, I, I really like this match. I thought it was a good way to end the zero hour. Which brings us right into the main card. So we kick off Ring of Honor. I uh, didn't mention it before, but it is Caprice and Riccoboni on commentary. Um, AEW pay-per-views in the past, they brought out Jim Ross as the third guy at the end of the buy-in. Um, we did. So I was a little, I was like, are we getting a third or are we going to stick with the two? And we stuck with the two. And I like that decision. Caprice and Riccoboni are the voices of our A three man booth is a lot. It, it shouldn't is. be the norm. It really oh, shouldn't. I like that's WWE shit. With, I like that we stuck with two here. So we got Riccoboni and Caprice. And there's, there's a fun moment later. 
But we open up the show. We've got La Faction and Gobernables. We have Rouge and his brother. What the hell is he called now? Dralistico? Okay, quick side tangent. This confused the shit out of me because they showed Mystico basically saying like it was Sinkara. And so I was like, why is Sinkara tagging with Roosh? I'm like, okay, that's fine. And then it was like, you know, this is his brother. And I was like, what? I mean, Dragon Lee did play him whenever Sinkara became Sinkara, but then he came back and took the mantle and Dragon Lee unmasked. So why would he be right back in a mask tagging with him? So like, I'm on like, I'm confused. My buddy's confused. I had to jump on cage match. So the Germans would help me out with this. And I was like, okay, according to the Germans, this is Dragon Lee, but we're not getting any follow-up on the fucking well, ass-kicking that Andrade and Roosh gave him. You can always count on the Germans to be an accurate people, so I think we can take that as canon now. Um, maybe this is a little bit of a retcon, like, man, we really wish we didn't do all this shit with Andrade, so we're just going to pretend we didn't. <laughs> or, like, he got his ass kicked and then was just like, yeah, you're right, you're in charge. I don't fucking know. Whatever. But they didn't say anything, and so I was just like, okay. Whatever this is... is got those two against AR Fox and Blake Christian. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I didn't even talk about the match. I was just pissed off. I'm yeah. <laughs> fucking Jim Cornette over here. Who are these masked people? <laughs> Reddit slash accidentally racist. Here we come. <laughs> but yeah, I was watching it. I was like, I think that's Dragon Lee. He's moving more like Dragon Lee than Sin Cara. Oh, don't fucking call me racist. That was two people doing the same gimmick. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, anyway, the mass. <laughs> AR Fox is really good. Blake Christian's just like dollar store will osprey so i'm just like i don't, I don't know they were fine they did flippy shit um, they were into them i was shocked they got the win i was like is this going to be a team moving forward well, that win was fucky too it was like, weird air fox looked like he didn't think that was yeah he's like Wait. i know he looked at the ref he's like three he's like, like what okay was two all right <laughs> you're boss then Los and Gobernables uh beat no. them up after the after the match to get their heat back and uh no. You know, it's like Bruce's cable cords color coded for him, too. <laughs> I know. He has know. special ones, and he talked about it because he tried, like, they talked about it. He tried to use the real ones, and the producers were like flipping their shit, like, get the fucking cords out of his head. He's going to cut. And they gave him, power. like, neon green, like, fishing yeah, so rope. Super <laughs> obvious and language proof. Like, Roosh, the green ones. Fuck. It's the fucking neon green one, man. You can't miss it if yeah. you tried. It's super uh, obvious. <laughs> Uh, match itself was good. I'm yeah. I'm incredibly um, I relieved, surprised that Roosh has been as good as he is. Because whenever people are like Roosh is all elite, let's go. I'm like, this could be one of the worst things that Tony Khan's ever done. You guys, you don't know. Like, he's one of the top. Like, this isn't gonna work for me, brother, and goes into his own shitty way. <laughs> so I'm more than happy that he's been awesome so far. Um, yeah, the match itself was really good. Uh, Dramistico, dra, Dralistico. Okay, Dralistico. Cool. That's great. Give me a match. Give me a best of 21 series versus him and Phoenix, and I'm happy. Um, yeah, they were good. They were good. I like this match. It was a good way to start the show. 
bad finish, but I liked it. Yeah, yeah, weird, weird bad finish. Um, then we move on to the women's title match, Athena against Mercedes Martinez. I kind of forgot where this was being shown, so I was really surprised that Athena was suddenly a babyface in the match, and then I was like, oh, right, Texas, doy. And it all made way more sense. So. <laughs> the stars uh, at night. You know, again, right. Joke's on me for being a dummy who forgot to check on the hometowns. But yeah, so Athena. I didn't won- even check on the card. So yeah, <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> you at least did I, some I, homework. Like, I remembered. Like, <laughs> Athena's the Texas girl. I know this, and I totally forgot. But Athena beats Mercedes Martinez. Not really yeah. surprised to me. I think, I think Mercedes is really, really close to just being done for good. Um, she's back from an injury, and she hasn't looked great. She did not look good at all. I I assumed that this... At first, I was like, is she being lackadaisical because she's leaving the territory? And then, like, the more I watched it, I was just like, it's what she's capable of. Yeah, Um, but then you could see, like, she was was actually trying. No, she was was really putting an effort, which I respected, and I I thought was really cool. But at the same time, whenever I was watching, I was just kind of like, oh, man. That's uh, that's really hard. So I wouldn't be shocked if she's just under contract for a while. She might go into coaching, or she might be able to do something in Connecticut. Who knows? Um, that said, Athena winning the title is absolutely the right move. She's great. This whole change of character. Uh, we talked about it the week it happened. Only dumbasses would think that she's actually out there working stiff. I think she's one of the safest women on the roster, and so you let her do shit like that. Um, I'm really happy that Tony Khan is basically letting wrestlers wrestle. And if the entire AE, I'm going to say it, let's clip this and send it out to the masses. If AEW's women's division worked the way that Athena works now, people would be saying it's the best women's division in the world and it wouldn't even be close. They just wouldn't. I mean, this is what I want in wrestling, let alone like you would assign a gender to it. It's like this, she's doing what I want to see. So yes, Athena being one of your big champions is an awesome deal. And I'm excited to see what she does. And the eventual match between her and Willow is going to fucking rock. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm really excited for that match when it happens. What do we got next? Next we have. I don't want to call it the weirdest match on the show, but it's the weirdest match on the show. Swerve in our glory against Shane Taylor promotions. Yeah. Weird is the vibe all over. That's, that's all I can say. Um, I mean, we have the obvious history and alleged, like people were kind of shitting on this and Tony kind of said like this, this was Keith's idea. He wanted to run things back with Shane Taylor and call back that history of what, what the, what the hell were they called? Pretty boy killers or something? It was something like that, but they were a fucking badass tag team. Yeah, whatever it was That's, back years and yeah. years ago now. But so they called back to that. And I forgot they were a team in Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they talked about it thirty times during the match. So well, yeah, but for now, but <laughs> it wasn't until I actually like saw it, I was like, oh yeah, oh, no, yeah I, I guess they did. I forgot about it too. Like I was when Shane Taylor showed up, I was like, well, this is weird. Why are we doing this? I was like, Oh, well, I mean, I knew that they were a team, but I didn't know that they, they did that in ring of honor. I thought it was just on the end. It was like, Oh, right. Yeah. No, I definitely remember they were a tag team. I just, I, it left my memory that they did it in ring of honor and not just Texas Indies. Um, 
I don't think either Swerve or Keith are bound for Ring of Honor. No. So um, giving, I, I like the finish because we all knew what the finish was going to be. Yep. And this this match was so good that I didn't mind the journey to get there. There's one of my biggest problems with WWE is the fact that it's like, I know what the finish is going to be. Someone's going to fucking run down the ramp and ruin the match. It's going to be a double DQ. And like, if you are smart and have watched their programming ever, you know exactly what they're going to do next. And it's, it sucks to watch, but here I was like, Oh, this is like really good enough to, uh, to keep going. What's the, the MMA dorks dude, uh, his name. Something Griffin or Griffey. Yeah, he sucked. I did not like him at all. That was bad. Um, I don't. Or he's always that bad. It yeah, I don't like him. Better. I don't like him at all. Um, I thought Shane Taylor was dope though. I thought he was really good. Yeah, I dug the. I dug the way they kind of built to to Keith and Shane getting in the ring, and the way they kind of and like Swerve being the bad guy to pull that. But there, there was some cool shit there. This. This may be far more accepting of running back Swerve in our glory against the acclaimed again, because I was a little grumpy and critical of that. And this match yeah. kind of made me go, huh, all right, there was still some story left here. Like, well done, yeah. I was wrong, good job, guys. You made the right And I like, so the finish that we were talking about is it makes too much sense to have Swerve leave Keith Lee to be two-on-one. Yeah. And we got that. Mm-hmm. But we got Keith Lee overcoming the odds because he's a fucking genius and he ended up getting the win anyway. And I was like, okay, this is cool. So the, the nuanced or sorry, there is actually nuance to the story of breaking up a tag team instead of just like, I don't want to tag with you anymore. You suck. You're not my uh, brother anymore. Yeah. We're not friends anymore. This is actually like a, a pretty cool, like, all right, I'm going to give you another shot. Uh, this is how real life works. It's not just like one thing where it's just like, man, all right, I'm done. I the majority it. of the time, if you have a partnership with somebody, it takes, it takes like, there's mistakes along the way where it's just like, really? I fucking trusted you again. And this is what you do. So yeah, I, uh, I'm into it. We've got to pad this out because we're doing that match at revolution fucking three months from now. So this has been the Shaq and Kobe story since day one. And it's yeah. not totally done yet. Yeah, no, we knew exactly where this was going to go, and it's going to get there pretty soon. Um, all of that said, I really enjoyed this match. Um, I'm bummed that Swerve and Arcore is breaking up because they're a fucking awesome tag team. But they're going to be even better singles wrestlers, so I'm not that upset. Just got to let it play out. All right, next up, we move into Trio's competition. We have the embassy, that being the machine, Brian Cage, doing his Canyon tribute gear. Yeah. Bishop Khan and Toa defeating Dalton Castle and the boys for our second title change of the evening. Yep. I don't think this was a surprise that they won. No. We knew from... Oh, dude, this, this unit would need to break up if they lost. We knew from Zero Hour at Supercard of Honor when they were Tully Blanchard Enterprises, which... I'm still sad Tully left because that was a fucking awesome thing to start. Um, no complaints with Nana. He's doing his thing. But, like, man, was this cooler with Tully Blanchard. And that's not to knock on anybody. It's just the way it worked out. But it was very obvious they were winning. Um, 
we know Dalton Castle and the boys are both part of Ring of Honor going forward. We've already like established that they have contracts. This isn't news. It's pretty clear that Brian Cage and TK have come to terms on a new deal. Um, and that Brian Cage will be a Ring of Honor regular as well. Again, until he says something, him or his girlfriend say something incredibly fucking dumb. I mean, Ring of Honor's a little lower on the publicity scale, so we can stay all the super shit he wants, and they just won't put him on the post calls after. That's all. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) You know, but that Cage is is in it for the foreseeable future. Match was exactly what you'd expect it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Almost spot for spot what you'd expect. Is Brian Cage going to be the featured act in the embassy or does there need to be a fourth person? Because it feels like there needs to be someone bigger than Brian Cage, but I could see Tony Khan putting in the work and making Brian Cage the feature. I, I think Brian Cage is the feature. Um, I know. I just want someone different. But I think it is going to branch, like with Brian Cage being the feature, it is going to lead to Toa and Khan being a force in the tag team division. And I think oh, for sure they're a really good team. Pairing. Um, Tony definitely picked Toa Leona over Sifa Fatu, also known as Sola Sokoa, over in Connecticut. And I think he made the right decision picking Toa over him. Um, I, I like that tag team. And, but yeah, I think Brian Cage is definitely the guy for the embassy. I don't anticipate a fourth coming out anytime soon. Okay. Um, I, I like the finish to this. Um, knowing all six guys are going to be here moving forward, it was the right call. It was pretty obvious, but again, the obvious thing isn't always the wrong thing to do. Um, it was really good. I liked it a lot. Uh, what do we got next? Uh, next is our pure title match between Wheeler yeah Garcia. Where we let us freaking go change. Wheels beats Danny in a match that was all about abusing the rules of the pure division. Um, yep. Yep. We started off within a minute. Danny Garcia just cracked Wheeler in the face of the fist, took his warning. and was like, yeah, whatever. Wheeler got pissed, cracked him right back. So within like a minute and a half, both guys had used their, uh, their closed fist to the face, which always makes me a little nervous that somebody's going to accidentally forget and fuck up the finish. Um, yes. That yeah. was going through my head the entire goddamn match. Was like, it's it's happened before. Punch. Don't forget you can't punch. Don't forget you can't punch. <laughs> That's all I could think. Um, yeah. Danny Garcia then abused the rope break rule to a point where you have to question the official's judgment on yep. it in calling them rope breaks. And that was part of the story. That was yep. like, that was intentional because they kept alluding to it being referee discretion. And there, there was, there was some smoke to that fire and it was very intentional. It was done that way. Um, so Wheeler runs out of rope breaks, but then Wheeler winds up uh, basically making Danny pass out and takes the title. Yep. I love this match. And I think, you guys had better get comfortable seeing this match because it's going to be the headline match for the foreseeable future. Um, They're going to do this for the ring of honor title. They're going to do this probably for an AEW title, if not the AEW title, you know, many years down the road, these guys are awesome. And, you know, if everything, if everyone stays good and like healthy, nothing crazy happens. These are building blocks, not just of ring of honor, but like Tony Khan's wrestling empire moving forward um they have had they we've talked so many times about their chemistry um on the indies in aew now in ring of honor again um dude this is this is great 
just when I get done with the pure rules title, I get a match like this where I'm just like, okay, yes, this is what it should be. It's not just for the grapple perverts. Like, yes, matches like this fucking rule. And uh, I'm going to say it was my match of the night. I fucking loved it. Old statement. <laughs> I really loved it. What's yours? What's your What's your match of the night? Let's. Uh, oh shit! I forgot about that one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No. Let's never mind. Yeah. There was an obvious. So you know how I said we're gonna do three segments. This might be four, dude. We, <laughs> this This next match might take us through an entire segment. Um, so I'm going to assume I know what your match of the night is. And so sure. I'm, I'm not, I'll, I'll set you up. I'll, I'll give you some, some thoughts, uh, s- some highlights. The Briscoes defeat FTR in a double dog collar match for the ring of honor titles. The spots that stood out to me, there is, uh, Matt Briscoe is on the top rope gets his chain pulled and he goes flying what seemed like 5 million feet onto the ground uh, to land on those chairs uh, was an amazing spot. I thought it was the spot of the match. Um, There was some really cool stuff. Obviously this is a blood feud. It was a match that the Briscoes had to win. Otherwise they looked like losers, like absolute losers. Um. Uh, I'll, I'll let you go on about the match because I have a feeling that this is going to be like a match of the year contender for you. Um, before you get there, I'm just going to say, I think I still prefer the first one. I think the, the first of the three, I think that was exactly what I wanted. And so I was a little fatigued that we were getting a third one, but I was excited because I knew it was going to be really good and it was really good. It's just the closing stretch kind of lost me until we started going for the save and all that stuff. I did end up liking the finish, but the, the ramp up to the finish kind of pissed me off. Um, so all of that said, I'm going to get um, the floor is all yours. Five star Jones. Let's, uh, let, let, I want to hear you talk about this match. Sell me on it. Tell me why I should not be down on this match. Well, let's start because I can be I can be talked from going like four into maybe four and a quarter, maybe four and a half. If you're like really fucking great, you got your work cut out for you. Floor is yours. Well, let's start at the build. And I love the I mean, we had to do a short build because for better or worse, the Briscoes are still not allowed on Warner Brothers programming of. TK literally flat out said, like, believe me, I tried. Like, so we did what we had to do, but I, I loved that they used the ass boys to set up this match because there were so many. <laughs> oh, people. we'll get we'll get to them in the post match. There, there were so For many sure. people that were uh thinking we were getting the ass boys against FTR at final battle, and they're like, Really? That's the match you're doing? So of course they feed into it and have the ass boys be the ones to introduce the Christmas present yeah. from the Briscoes. So fucking love the setup already um the things that really sold this match for me i love when you can do a bloody like absolute mess of a fight without going too overboard on the weaponry without making it feel like a death match like yeah like a plunder match yeah insane chair spots 
the crowd did that god awful we want tables chat that's approaching what territory for me oh it's there i hate it it's same thing with fight like fight forever and you deserve it yeah done but so one of the briscoes like quickly was like hey fuck you ripped off the curtain like the thing on the table and then they never fucking used it the whole match and it made the match so much better for me i genuinely like that part i loved it and the thing that made it best is it still made the finish feel a little bit out of nowhere because they're like we have because you're waiting for it table yet we can't get the finish the table's still in play and then we hit like that alone gave me a quarter star extra for the match i was gonna say the same thing that was the that was the little cherry on top that that i was like okay this is more than four for me that that was a huge tipping point um the only part of the match and it it didn't take me out of it it just made me giggle um the only kind of low point was when dax the geek was trying to wrap the chain around his head for the diving headbutt and the fucking moron couldn't figure out how to make a circle with a rope (laughs) like anyone anyone who wants to make a fucking dax for wrestler of the year argument i'm just gonna send them that fucking clip (laughs) I was like, this fucking guy. It's it's a circle. You have this. Or just like, he's just going over the top of his head instead of like his ears, like just above the eye line. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, it was. Just got like a a semicircle, grabbed onto it, and leapt off like he was holding the fucking boombox like the early acclaim days. Apparently, Dax thought he was a conehead with the way that he was rapping that. Yeah, dude, that, that took me out of the match to the that point where i was like oh my god but it, i i get why he did it it was it, yeah it would have been a sick spot if he pulled it off better the idea behind it was cool but so is ftr's gimmick that dax is the only one allowed to wrestle but cash is so much better right like cash is the one i want in singles that's match. when that's what pissed me off about this match because if someone was gonna say match of the year contender or like you know, five stars. I'm just like, so cash was badass in this match because he's so good, but it's like the closing stretch of this match was the two guys that were chained together on the inside of the ring was Jay and fucking Dax. And they were just having a match, like a singles match between the two to end the match. And it pissed me off because I'm like, what, what are we doing? Like, I guess Dax found his perfect partner because he doesn't mind him getting all of the fucking shine. And so I'm glad the fact that he went solo and was like, I got this. And they lost the match made me probably finish as high as I did. I'm, I think the sole reason I hate FTR is because of fucking Dax. And if we put cash in a different tag team and people still wanted to cornet their way into talking themselves into them being the tag team of all time, I would listen to it. I fucking hate Dax. I do have that tag team and I'll answer it in a second right after I point out how much I love Dax throwing the chair in the rain, it's going, fucking murder him! Like, loved that. But the team is you take, you go back to the American Alpha days and you just take Chad Gable and Cash Wheeler and throw them together and we have the best tag team of all time in the making. I don't think they would get there because, like, you would have to have, like, a fucking 10-year run at this point to unseat the Bucks. Like, if you did that from day one, that's easily the best tag team of all time. Hunter, I know you're still listening. I will trade you Dax and, I don't know, fucking Cash. Not the actual guy, but like Cash Considerations for Gable. 
Just please, please let Dax do his like shitty Bret Hart tribute in WWE so I don't have to watch it. But like keep cash. Bret Hart tribute line, really? (laughs) Fucking served up on a platter for you there. Listen. I I missed it. We can't we can't did I did I drop the alley oop? Yes. Was it cool as fuck? Yeah, but I goofed. What do you want? I mean, at least you only did it once and didn't wrap the fucking chain around your head seven <laughs> times. So we're still good there. Um, that said, I mean, that was my only down point. I loved the dynamic of this. <laughs> yeah, let Dax go tag with Otis. <laughs> I, you know, this... I, Where I, he I, belongs. I have to rewatch the first match. That's that's the honest truth. I, I, if someone wanted to talk to me that one of their matches was match of the year, I would look at the first one. Yeah, I I have to rewatch it and rewatch them close together to really get an opinion on which one I actually liked better. Because in the moment that first one, I was like, oh my god, this is the best tag team match of all time. And there were moments in this one where I was like, holy fuck, this is the best tag team match of all time. And they each obviously had like no match is going to be perfect. I have to watch them both again to really make up my mind, but definitely my match of the night. Um, cool i really dig it so you're you're going with that's so your like your, your gut reaction is that's your favorite out of the trio my gut re i mean the only thing that's not my favorite of the trio was the second one so that one was I, I didn't know I, I legitimately can't answer i need to watch them both again because i okay. just don't know they're, well they're, what's they're, your gut what do you if i'm not saying you have to give a definitive answer but how are you feeling right now Right now, I'm feeling like thinking back, the first one is going to win out. But six hours ago, I was convinced this was the best one. Like, sure. it's slowly morphing. So I think I'm just at the tipping point where I realize I have to, and my gut's saying the first one. But, like, two hours before we recorded, I was still thinking this one. <laughs> okay. Okay. That, that's um, fair. Next up, we have a fine match. Definitely not a match of the night or match of the year contender, but fine match. Samoa Joe beats Juice Robinson in the uh, CM Trunks rather than the Long Boys <laughs> or the ROH TV Championship. Can we uh, can we talk Ass Boys real quick before we get into Absolutely. this match? Absolutely, we can talk Ass Boys real quick. Top did you see my did you see my comment in the Discord for how I want to book the Ass Boys moving forward? Oh my god. I Guys, I might be a wrestling genius. Move over, Chris Hero. I, I It's me. I am the wrestling genius. I want the ass boys to beat FTR for the triple a tag team championships. And people would be like, what the ass boys in triple a, that'd be weird. All it would take is one segment being like, why do you guys want these titles? And it's like, cause we're fucking spring breakers, bro. And they do an <laughs> annoying spring breakers gimmick as the champs. So there's these gringos who go down there just so they can like party. And they're like hung over during the match. And then whenever they eventually lose, they're like, get the fuck out of our country. And they're like, no, we love, we love it here. Like, get the fuck out of here. I'm a genius, Tony Khan. Book me. I I could be working for you. Just saying. Fucking dork. Give me a check. Oh, I just EC3'd myself. I'm never working for him. 100% you EC3'd yourself. All right, let's get in. Let's get into this match because. <laughs> what did you think of uh, Juice versus? I almost said Ward though. Holy shit! I've been confusing them a lot lately. That is not like the fucking third time I've done that. What did you think of Juice losing to Samoan Joseph? It was fine. Really, all I have to say, it was fine. It was one of the weaker matches on the show. 
I don't have a problem with Juice by any stretch, but we've already established I just don't like all the Joe, match, Joe matches are just fine, and a lot of Juice matches are just fine. So we put them together, and we got a match that was just fine. I would say Juice is like three-star Jones, where it's like his ceiling is like three, so it's like WWE makes perfect fucking sense for him. Like, he's the perfect wrestler for them, and they're not doing it solely out of spite. Well, Tony's over here, so he may not want to either. Wow. Well, then we've also got uh, the fact that Samoa Joe is just kind of, he's a little bit washed. Um, and there was no way this was going to beat the Darby match. Like, no, there was just no, no way. Um, so, yeah, all of that said, I really liked the match. Um, as of this result, Samoa Joe is Samoa Joe. I can't get, fucking help myself. Samoa Joe was the only person who uh, retained their title. Yep. Uh, so it, it's really cool to see that moving forward that he is going, I mean, he's, he's going to be centerpiece of ring of honor. Um, that's going to be for sure. So it, it's going to be cool having ring of honor come back and we've got, you know, Samoa Joe. And I mean, I guess to spoil the result of the next match, I mean, Claudio and it's Samoa Joe as your champions is pretty fucking cool. And then you got all the new people. That's, that's a good way to get going. As we get into it, I have to acknowledge the comedy gold that continues to be Orange Cassidy and Danhausen interrupting Mark Henry's <laughs> line on Rampage. And it's time for the main event. Claudio Castanoli over Chris Jericho in a finish that popped me and will pop me over and over and over and over. Fuck, was that a cool way to finish that match? At first, I hated it. No, at first I was like, okay, I like that. And then I thought about it. And I was like, oh, I kind of hate that because it's like a comedy spot. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, actually, I kind of really like that because if you're in that position and you're like, you've been wrestling and then you're like, okay, fucking this is too, stop. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I want off this ride. Um, yeah, I, I like that a lot. So I uh, I talked myself into in, into a shoot, basically. I uh, I, I really liked it. I liked the whole match. I thought they did an awesome job with this match. I thought it was good, but I've fucking seen the match before and I liked their Grand Slam match more. And so I was just like, you know, like I uh Yeah, I I, I, I don't know. I think I think they've had better spots. It was a good match for sure. Um I think I ended up just going four on it. Um yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I, mean, I don't want to sound like I hated it. The fact that Chris Jericho and Claudio Castagnoli, both in their 40s, can put on a four-star match is not insignificant. That's a big deal. Like, so higher at that age. We might be doing it like next week. Might be like winter is coming. Also, we're talking like end of the year results, but we might actually have to wait until the end of the year because there's so much like sick shit still to happen. Um. I am going to be making a legitimate argument for Chris Jericho being a wrestler of the year, like, like winner. Like I, I think the argument is there. Um, so yeah, I, I, what are your big picture thoughts on the, on the show as a whole zero hour and the pay-per-view? Where are you at? Um, so I forgot to plug one spot that I'm going to plug while I, Oh yeah, go for it. Go for while it. I do this, I forgot about this in the Briscoe, Briscoe's FTR match. Mike Posey juiced. <laughs> that was fucking awesome. The ref that caught me by surprise. Whenever I the referee's blading my shit. and cut his fucking like, yeah, 
he doesn't have to, it doesn't matter for him because he's got those shitty bangs to cover it up but yeah, yeah he uh he cut himself open to bleed another quarter star for mike posey bleeding in that match that was fucking awesome. okay there, and there it is you talked me into yep. it four and a half Boom. there you go there right. you go you're right that's worth wrestling it. genius let's wrestling god <laughs> kenny by god omega um no, honestly, this was this was my favorite of the three Ring of Honor shows we've had since Tony Khan took over. This that was going to be my fucking. Uh. It felt like the real, like we talked about the others being like a reset on. This felt like the real reset of Ring of Honor. Like, yes, we hit the reset button. Now we're pressing play. This I is- wish it. I wish our first episode was yeah. was this week. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, this is Ring of Honor going forward, and I am really fucking excited for it. I really like it. There wasn't a bad match. No, like it was, it was perfect. It, whenever was, we even talk you know, about I like talk, the whole time, like yeah, it was great. Um, whenever I think about Tony Khan as a booker, and I think about his pay per views, I think this is his best show yet, as far as like not exactly like match quality, but as far as just like I wasn't looking at my watch the entire time. Like I just sat down for like what was it like four hours total. And the entire time I was like, this is awesome. Even um, I think his perfect, like top to bottom, one of the greatest wrestling pay-per-views all time is all out 2021. It kind of had some stinkers on there too, that you have to like look over this, this card fucking rules. And if this is ring of honor moving forward, like big picture thoughts, I, I realized this in my buddy's basement as we were talking about it. I, I, I want to ask you this question. What are Tony Khan's favorite eras in wrestling? I think his two favorite eras are ECW before they got really big, like ECW underground ECW and golden era WWE WCW. So it's the eighties are well represented on AEW TV. He, he books like an eighties booker is built out of like, W, it's, WF Saturday night's main event. We know this. I mean, it's Mid-South. It's Mid-South yep. to a T. Yep. Um, ROH is going to be his ECW. Mm-hmm. Like this, this felt like Ring of Honor. It also felt like, oh shit, this yep. is the stuff why I liked like ECW. Yep. And so like, if this is going to be Tony Khan's ECW, buddy, fucking buckle up. We are this in for something really, like really that. special. Right, he doesn't have to play by network rules. It's all like we're going to get to it. It's all on Honor Club right now. He gets to do like there are very few limitations in his setup right now. Yeah, yeah. There's there's really nothing stopping him, and I'm so excited for this. And as long as he keeps the passion for Ring of Honor, um, this is going to be a very special run. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, you you kind of spilled the beans moving into the press conference. Mm-hmm. The we were waiting for a TV announcement, and we didn't get a TV announcement. But we we barely ago. got a streaming announcement. Yeah, so that was uh, the big. I would say an anticlimactic streaming. Yeah, yeah. The answer big, the big news for the press conference was was he even said before is like. I'll tell you exactly what the future holds. Like, we're going to answer this after final battle. Um, Ring of Honor Weekly TV will be starting on Honor Club, which I think we broke Honor Club relaunching. Bingo Hall Boys, you heard it here first. I mean... Uh, I I beat Ian Riccoboni to breaking Honor Club relaunching. Yeah, you did. Thing, 
Ring of Honor Club's going to relaunch soon, and I had already re-upped my subscription and was on it for a week and a half before he said that. <laughs> so it's still going to be, this. yeah, it's still going to be nine ninety nine. Yep. Um, I don't do Honor Club. Do they have every episode of Ring of Honor on there? No. Or, no, are they mit- missing the HD era? They are still missing some things. They've got a lot. They've got more, I believe, than Old Honor Club did. Um, I can't guarantee that. It may just be organized way better than the Old Honor Club app, and that makes me think there's more. Currently, this is really weird. They're just missing 2007 right now. Like, there's just a gap between 06 and 08, and nobody can figure out why. Um, Very puzzling, but... So far, it's very similar to Old Honor Club in terms of content. I think there are... So I can't really start my Ring of Honor watch-through. can't start your, like, pure watch-through yet because there's still stuff being uploaded, but the interface itself is far friendlier, so as things continue to get uploaded, this will be a much easier way to navigate it. Um, I had a lot of rage quits with the Old Honor Club app a lot. A lot. I tried it once and I was like, was I immediately was out. Awful. Um, this one's totally fine. It works. Okay. I've had zero issues with it so far. Um, I guess my only... Actually, I shouldn't say zero issues. My only issues are fast-forwarding isn't ideal yet. They're still kind of smoothing out their, their video interface, so it's hard to skip to where you want to go. And... It's memory on continue watching for what you were watching is poor right now. So if you leave the app, you're probably going to have to find your event again. But that said, the events are very easy to find. It's sorted better. So Honor Club is back and you heard it here first. Um, But yeah, Yeah. weekly. So are they doing, they're doing their pay-per-views on Honor Club moving forward too? Or is that going to be on fight? Those are going to still be on fight slash bleacher report. Okay. he plugged the the Warner Brothers Discovery connection like fifty times, explaining that uh, they're gonna. I'm still it. pissed. It's not gonna be on like True TV even. Yeah. So he did talk about this. The that was like my bare minimum was True TV for now, and the intent is to hopefully merge it when Warner Brothers Discovery does their new like HBO type streaming service, like their Super One next year. Yeah, that's that's the plan is to merge it on there eventually. Pay-per-views are going to follow. The he same. did say that. He did say that. Yeah. He said okay. That. I didn't get to do the post presser. Yeah, he did. Like it wasn't like it. Like it wasn't. We have this in writing. He was like, the intent is that we want to merge this with a bigger streaming service later when that launches. Damn. That's. He very, yeah. He spoke a lot about the partnerships. He's like, we're going to keep that. We really. You don't got. say something like that unless you're like yeah. you're you're certain that saying that won't get you in trouble. Yeah. Exactly. Tony Khan's a very measured person. Holy yeah. shit. Um. Pay-per-views are going to be 90-day delay onto Honor Club, which is exactly the same as Impact does on their streaming service, standard three months. So if you want the pay-per-views, you got to get them through Fight or Bleacher Report. But yeah, Weekly TV will start sometime in January, February, said basically after Wrestle Kingdom and the early January shows for AEW, like the big ones in the on the coast. Well, I think what he meant, so whenever he said early 2023, I think that means first quarter, but like, late 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 first quarter probably second quarter because he said there uh was a pay-per-view schedule on the west coast swing and the west coast swing unless he's talking about the fucking first one i mean he might be is he talking about is he talking about the first one was talking about the first one because the big thing was he wanted wrestle kingdom to be done because new japan is going to play a huge part in ring of honor 
Like there's going to be a lot of collaboration and New Japan strong crossover with Ring of Honor. So it was basically we have to get through Wrestle Kingdom and our big first West Coast swing, and then we're going to have some announcements coming. So oh snap! Yeah. I read that as the West Coast swing leading up to Re- no, uh, Revolution. Revolution one, no, the early. January. Oh no, yeah! Wow, fuck me then. Yeah. Um, it's coming soon. Hell yeah! Let's go. I'm ready for the new ECW to start. The first episode will launch like first week of February. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. At the very least, taped then. Oh, dude, if they did touring taping, like I could go to like St. Louis and catch a month's worth of tapings. Dude. Again, I still wonder if you do that or if you do Dynamite one night and Rampage Ring of Honor the next night. Both work. I guess it depends on contracts for a lot of the Ring of Honor guys for what's going to make more sense. Yeah, and most of the time they film Diamond Diamondamite. They film Dynamite and Rampage on the same night. And, and people are burnt the fuck out for Rampage, so you split that up. You don't it's have a lot. Dark yeah, but then like you saw firsthand, no one fucking goes to see Rampage. Like yeah, no one so gives a shit. With Ring of Honor, you have a two-hour show instead of a one-hour show. So it's like, yes, you do get dark matches and rampage. I mean, shit, if if they turned it into, you know, you're going to get to see Brian Danielson wrestle on rampage in a fucking fantasy match and you get Ring of Honor. Yeah, but then you also probably have to run a smaller building. You can't run that same building twice in a row. I mean, Ring of I mean, you can. How big of a building do you need for Honor Club? I mean, you could do you could you you can do Ring of Honor shows in like a fucking two thousand seat arena, no problem. Yeah. Um, maybe yeah. you do the same thing for Rampage, make it really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What whatever it is, it's going to start early next year. New Japan's going to be a big part, and he also said there's going to be a lot of lucha crossover. Like he's going to bring in a lot of the AAA guys and stuff. So. If he's smart, he convinces New Japan to basically get rid of Strong. I mean, and, it it really sounds like this is going to be like in canon with strong and they're going to be really closely linked fuck that means there's another show i'm gonna have to watch holy shit dude well fingers crossed he doesn't end up booking rampage well and i can just give up on that one altogether because holy shit dude i didn't think about that Uh two hours of dynamite we're probably going to do an hour of ring of honor new japan strong i mostly scrub through anyway the weeks that i do watch which hasn't been for a while yeah yeah, this hobby could uh, get right back up to being overwhelming again, for sure. So that's where we're at right now. That's that's basically everything relevant that happened at the press conference. Um, the wrestlers did it like 80% kayfabe. Like, you get kind of small windows into reality. But like, okay. Samoa Joe came out and was like, here are my conditions. You'll address me as royalty, your excellency, your <laughs> Or and there was a third one. All the reporters bought in and it was freaking hilarious. Athena played up the half heel gimmick and was like, yeah, I want a celebration. Give me streamers. Give me all this shit. Like, give me everything. But then there were also windows into reality of like, yeah, you know, people forget I worked the Indies for 10 years. I worked my butt off to get here. I'm glad that, you know, you guys made it out to be a big deal. Like I was hitting hard and I'm just going out there and trying to wrestle the best I can. And Tony was like, look, she fucking earned this spot. Like she got it for herself. And that's what I'm super happy about. So there were hints of reality with a lot of kayfabe, but the, the presser was largely, I mean, anything after Brawl Out is going to feel inconsequential. But it right, wasn't. yeah, we're not going to get ever get Brawl Out again. No, ever. we're never getting something like that again. This was very controlled, but 
it was fun. It was like I didn't regret my time listening to it. Did a uh, Cool Hand and Daddy Magic get a segment? No, no. So they and I'm not watching until my until my tag team gets a run. I ain't watching. They did Claudio, who came out in his suit and put over Ring of Honor a whole bunch. They did Wheeler Yuta, talked about like having a lifelong rivalry with Garcia. He's like, yeah, it'll be on the back burner for a while, but like this this feud never ends. Like we're gonna meet again. Um, they did Athena, who did her thing, and then they did Samoa Joe, and then it was just TK answering questions. I think we need to get. Daniel Garcia and I'm just going to keep calling him 2.0 to stay on ring of honor because like I would assume revolution is going to be Jericho Garcia. That makes all the sense in the world because you don't keep Jericho in ring of honor. That would be fucking wild, especially since you don't need to pop a rating. No, his, his job was to try and get them TV deal. It didn't happen. So his job's done. (laughs) Yeah. And so I, you can fucking replace them with anybody like seriously, like you can, you don't need them. You could add Butcher Blade and I don't know, a fucking third. And you're totally fine. Ethan Page, I don't fucking know. Um well, but yeah, I'm linked with uh with Kip with the Penelope Bunny connection. Because they did close out Rampage with that, right? It was Kip and Trent Seven and Butcher and Blade. That is a pretty cool that's faction. Building and that's pretty that's a sweet faction. Uh, but I don't know. You can just grab another uh, fucking do Serpentico and Luther. I don't fucking care. I love Serpentico. <laughs> yeah, see? You're into it. Awesome. Um, big picture stuff with Ring of Honor, like I said. Um, I think the problem with Ring of Honor out of the fucking gate is that there are no strong contenders to challenge Claudio. So I think there's unless you're, you know, you start breaking people up in tag teams. Um, and I guess I'm, I'm looking squarely at Taven and Bennett. Um, who else? Uh, like Roosh and Dragon Lee. Like, I mean, what are we? Drillistico. Drillistico. Sorry. Dragon Lee's dead. We forgot about him. <laughs> so fucking help me if Bandito gets put on Ring of Honor TV. I mean, if he gets regularly featured, that's fine. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They there needs to be some real fucking credible threats, not just for Joe, but for Claudio and for Wheeler. And um, it seems like the partnership between Claudio and Yuta is going to move forward. But we're one hundred percent getting a match between those two down the road, at least one. And I think it's going to be a match of the year contender. I, I think they have that very very strong likelihood. Um, big picture thoughts on Ring of Honor moving forward, besides just being super happy. I mean, uh, the thing I'm really curious about is to see how the roster shakes out, because we know a few things. We know it's going to have... Another draft night! We know it's going to have very little influence on AEW TV going forward. Not never, but think more like the way the Regina DeWave title got defended and those sorts of things, the way the AAA titles get defended once in a while. like it's. it's it sounds rare... like it's going to be perfect for Rampage. Yeah, it's, it's a rare occasion, and it's not all the time, and it's just going to be those highlight matches. We know there are going to be AEW people still going and doing periodic bouts in Ring of Honor. 
probably as a way to keep them active when they do that talent cycling, just like we talked about shipping them off to like DDT and Noah and New Japan. Miro versus Claudio. Let's go. Uh, there are some cool ways to do that. We know there are going to people that be people that are 100% exclusive to Ring of Honor. And we know there's going to be lots of New Japan and Lucha influence. So I am just super curious to see what this roster shakeout turns out like as we, as we flesh it out over the coming months. Perfect place for Takeshita. Just saying. Just saying. Um, yeah, I think that's it for me. I don't think there's anything else I really want to touch on. Uh, winter is coming is this week. Um, also, I guess now is a good a good time for it. Uh, the one thing that I missed on Dynamite, um, did they set up a tag team title match between Hater, Britt, and someone else, or is that just a tag team match? It's just a tag team match, yeah. When did they announce that for? uh january 14th sasha that's the impression if it's okay i said this if it's not sasha it has to be a big japanese name because anything else is going to be a disappointment when you tease it a month and a half out um like it can't be it can't even was it for the Oh, it has to be for the 11th, the Los Angeles show. Whatever, yeah, that, that week, sorry. Dude, week. yeah, where we're doing game seven of the trios yeah, tournament. Right. Finishing the trios and that, like it's... Fucking, and like it's a loose kept secret that Sasha's going to debut? Holy Fuck. shit, that yeah. could be, oh, that's like OG Grand Slam t- right there. That could be a very special night. Okay, all right, I'm glad I got that because like I wasn't paying attention and then whenever i heard it they said something about title and then a tag match i was like wait what there's so- what okay tag match yeah that's what i get for not paying attention dude sorry but anytime saray isn't in- that's, a Blanchard. Like- that's the mystery partner let's go <laughs> well sure shit isn't gonna be kylie ray and the i fucking love the fact that they stole her gimmick and they're gonna have to give her something else so she's not bailey that is so fucking funny to me um willow does it better than both of them right dude her her uh shit dude i've got wwe brain rot i call it the titantron i just fucking do her like her oh, entrance screen titantron. you had her, that toy everybody yeah, her, had that toy <laughs> her in oh yeah dude i had the one where the the people who had chips in their foot would talk oh, that's that's the toy yeah. yeah it was like on fucking walgreens clearance in the early aughts um Anyway, fuck, what was I going to say? Oh, her screen on during her entrance is fucking hilarious where it's like all like cute and bubbly and it's like, nothing matters. Be happy anyway. And it's just, it's fucking great. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be so happy if she gets that over as a legitimate wrestler. Uh, that said, bring over Bailey next. I, uh, I liked seeing her again at Survivor Series. Uh, bring over Pam. Let's go give her the office theme tony khan just showing out the money for that i'm punch drunk i'm i'm so hungry i need to go eat something let's uh let's end the show all right i'll leave you with the thought that the ass boys need to get danger zone as their theme song going forward oh my god doing oh, that runs. with the spring oh. breaker gimmick <laughs> oh fucking perfect book it book it <laughs> and our one listener who said he would never ever like the ass boys is would be jumping up and down if that happened Crow right now <laughs> i'm a fucking great booker i'm just saying we need to start a territory so when I, tony khan give us some money <laughs>
Give All me right. money, please. Please. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's it for me. So until next time. I'm Mitch. I'm Jake. We're, We're there being a whole boys. boys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You were hosting. I probably should have just let you do it. Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> <laughs>